your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome on in, everybody, to another edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. And we thank you for making the Locked On Philadelphia Eagles podcast your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud. We're on YouTube. Lou is doing written work at our friends over at Fox 43. Us here at Locked On Eagles are here five days a week and always bringing you the latest news on the birds. And here we go, the final episode of week five before the Eagles take care of business in Carolina or attempt to take care of business in Carolina. Once again, the Philadelphia Eagles are on the road. They will be heading to Charlotte to take on the Panthers where they've had success there. They're three and one in their last four meetings against the Carolina Panthers on the road. But this will be the first time with Jalen Hurts. And as it is Friday, we are getting into locked on quarterback one, Jalen Hurts, that is. And as it seems right now, Jalen Hurts is on an upward trajectory. So can he su- sustain excuse me, success under Nick Sariani and company and keep that offense clicking? Because if the defense continues to be as bad as they have been in the last two weeks, we know going into this game, you're going to have to have another 30-point performance from your quarterback, from your offense. They were able to keep the ball in motion last week. They didn't even punt one time as successful as you could be on offense, minus scoring every time that they were in the red zone. If they clean up those areas against Carolina, a team that lost to the Cowboys last week, a team that is only a three-point favorite at home, according to betonline.ag. So let's look at that for one second, because when you're in gambling and there's a home team, they always get three points just for being at home. So if the 3-1 and one Carolina Panthers are taking on a 1-3 and three Philadelphia Eagles team in the home of the Panthers, and they're only a three-point underdog, that would mean at home that this is a pick game between the Eagles and Carolina Panthers. I don't know what Vegas knows, but maybe it's a trap game. Maybe it's one of those games where Carolina is looking to come off of that loss and they just continue to spiral. Teams really have bounced back well. If you look at the Rams after their loss, these teams that were undefeated at one point had that setback, had that one loss. Now they're 3-1. and one. Can they bounce back? Hopefully for the Philadelphia Eagles, they are able to take chances against Carolina. And Sam Darnold, he isn't the Sam Darnold of old. The Darnold that they had seen against the Jets, or actually I don't even know if they saw Sam Darnold because, yeah, no, they didn't. They never played Sam Darnold when he was with the Jets. But here we are. Playing Sam Darnold in Carolina with Matt Rule, Joe Brady, Robbie Anderson. The good news, and before we get to the rest of the show, I want to talk about some injury news. Good news for the Eagles on many fronts here. One, Carolina's Christian McCaffrey will not be playing. For all you fantasy fans, all you red zone fans, that I always have the red zone on one of my three TVs upstairs. Christian McCaffrey is a guy that he's 100-plus all-purpose yard performer every single day of the week. He's not going to be in this game. So can the Eagles take advantage of that? A run offense that doesn't have their best player and a run defense that has seen not the best performances in the last couple weeks. And you look at Jonathan Gannon and his unit, 
They need to get back on track and quick. So I would say that the offense, especially with the injury news coming out of Philadelphia in the last couple of hours, and we have an updated injury report here from the Philadelphia Eagles. Lane Johnson was the only individual that did not practice. He is still out with that personal matter. Whatever it is, Lane, we hope that you're okay. It's none of our business. We just hope that you are okay and everything else in your life comes before football. I just want everybody to know that. Then, moving to the guys that will be playing, Darius Slay just had his child yesterday, practice today. Jordan Maialata, who sustained that knee injury, he'll be back, but he won't be playing left tackle. Some are saying that he will be at right tackle, while Andre Dillard continues to play left tackle and at a decent clip. I think he's been doing okay going back and watching the film. He's improved his anchor ability. He's improved his footwork. He's improved his uh, hand placement. He's improved his counter ability when guys come speed to power. When they are trying to rip and swim, he is able to really hold his own at that left tackle position. And he has seen some high-quality opponents in the last two weeks. Randy Gregory and Micah Parsons last week or two weeks ago against Dallas, rather. And then you look at what they have in Kansas City. I know they just have edge rushers and interior rushers for days and linebackers coming at you left and right. Jordan Maialata, now at right tackle, who has been able to do that and has played that position, you're in a better position now with Jack Driscoll moving to your right guard because you're upgrading at right tackle over Jack Driscoll, now having Jordan Maialata there. You're keeping pace with what you have had. You're not moving multiple pieces around, which they don't like to do in Philadelphia. Going back to the years when Jason Peters was always hurt, they tried that experiment moving Lane Johnson from right tackle to left tackle. Never really worked out. So keep Dillard there. They're going to put Mylotta at right tackle. They're going to have Jack Driscoll at right guard, who played well at right tackle. Uh, now he's going to go against guys. He's going to show off his raw power. He's going to show off his athleticism, where he's able to pull more, able to get up to the second level on a lot of those duo blocks. He is a guy that this team loves, and there's a reason that they are, bench, are going to bench Nate Herbig. And it is suspected that... Jack Driscoll gets the nod going to the middle of that offensive line. Jason Kelsey, he practiced fully. He had a foot injury and rest the last couple of days. Avante Maddox had a neck injury. He fully practiced. And Quez Watkins with that knee injury, we saw he was banged up at the end of that game last week. All of these guys are coming back healthy now. Davian Taylor was talking that that calf injury is behind him. Kavon Wallace hopefully is just a week or two away from coming back now. The defense is starting to get their pieces. The offense is starting to get back together. And you're seeing some performances out of guys like Andre Dillard, for example, Kenny Gainwell, Quez Watkins, these guys that are, I'd say are blowing away expectations. So can we just continue that? And it starts with the guys up front. There's going to be a lot of tests going against a Carolina defensive line who has invested loads of draft capital in the defense in the past two classes. In 2020, they didn't spend a single draft pick on an offensive player. It was solely defensive players. So here you are now, a lot of guys, those are Jeremy Chins of the world that we always talk about. Now you have a, a CJ Henderson, for example, that they brought in. You don't get to play Stephon Gilmore. He's still on the PUP list. JC Horn, he has that foot injury. Can the Eagles take advantage of a situation where now they are not undermanned? They're as close to fully manned as I would say they possibly can be right now. Only one or two players away from fully being healthy. So we'll see. Now with that injury news, it looks like that that offensive line is going to see another combination. What is this? The 21st combination, 22 weeks we have here, or uh, maybe 20 and 21. 
not great, but Jeff Stoutland, if he could follow up his performance from last week and allow Jalen Hurts, who the rest of the show is going to be dedicated to, to really fill into what he did last week and the flow of that offensive game plan, I really believe that the Eagles are going to put on a performance in Carolina and have a chance to win this football game. And you'll see me here on the other side of the break. But before we do that, we have to talk to you about Bet Online. I mentioned them prior in this show. And we're always talking Bet Online because we do every week our LOE3, and we'll put out the graphic on Sunday. And it is all player props. We like to bet these guys. We, we talk about the team five to seven days a week. So we like to go to Bet Online where you can literally go on their interface, make your own player props. They give you updated odds in the blink of an eye. You can enter any contest you want. And Bet Online continues to be the number one source for football, pro, and college. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to sign up and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's 50%. So you're going to get half of your money plus what you put in by using the promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D. O-N. From football to basketball to boxing to NHL to soccer to roulette word. 24 is my favorite. Hope you've been putting that number in play when you're going to betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, everybody, welcome on back here to the Locked On Eagles podcast. And once again, thank you for making the Locked On Eagles podcast. Your first listen of every day. As always, we are free on any platform. Please subscribe, review, give a rate, whatever you want to do. The interaction helps promote our show. And the fans are get what get us to where we are and see the success that we have been building here in Philadelphia. And we're going to continue this idea of success with Jalen Hurts. Can he follow up that performance last week in Kansas City coming off a of two Actually, no. He's had two 30-point performances this year. One in Atlanta this last week against Kansas City. Can they continue that? But can they continue to hit home in the areas where he has shown weakness? And I want to start not by talking any numbers with Jalen Hurts. I want to talk about his football IQ, his FBI, as we like to call it in scouting. Football intelligence can take you a very, very long way in this sport. Back when I played lacrosse, I know it's completely different, but I weighed 40 pounds more than I currently did. I could never play man coverage. I wasn't fast enough, but we played zone, and I had a very good understanding of the sport. I, I'm an analytic. I break down angles, shapes. I just understood it well, so I always tended to be in a better position than not, let's say. Jalen Hurts has continued to show how smart of a quarterback he truly is. His decision-making, his ability to take care of the football, and I would say, above everything, his ability to learn. They say that being able to understand your mistakes is one of the truest forms of just realizing who you are, understanding that everybody has flaws. Jalen Hurts has flaws, and he knows that. He knows he's only eight games into his NFL career. But the thing that we saw from last season to week one this year to week four of this year it's just been a continued progression. And that's what you want to see. And the idea of progression, it goes through all levels of football, of progressing, getting better. When you're a quarterback, you have to go through your progressions, find who you're going to target. And Jalen Hurts continues to progress in a lot of areas that a quarterback needs to. 
last year. You look at what he did turning over the football. I mentioned that statistic from Pro Football Reference that 26.7% of his passes last year were charted as bad throws. This year, only 6.4% of his passes are charted as bad throws. Yes, you can look at maybe that Zachert's missed touchdown as a bad throw, right? Or some of those underthrown balls. But the thing is, Jalen continues to get better at those areas that we saw were weak in even week one, back to last year. Lou continues to bring up the fact that Jalen doesn't like to target the middle of the field. Well, hate to tell you, Lou, even though you're not on the show this week, that he was nearly perfect in the middle of the field last week. So it shows me that he is learning. Seriani's in his ear. Shane Steichen is in his ear. These guys are talking to him, and he's understanding. He's understanding now what it takes to be a full-fledged quarterback in the NFL. Because last year, those four games, the game plan wasn't really built around him. But now the game plan is built around him. And you see that if Jalen Hurts isn't performing, this engine does not go. Nick Sirianni is the guy who schedules the train. But Jalen Hurts is the guy that makes the train go. Sirianni can do only what he can from the sideline in terms of game planning, which last week I thought Nick Sirianni did a fantastic job with. Uh, I think Lou will agree with me there. Maybe some of the fans in terms of how he's running the ball might be a little more upset than myself and Lou, but they didn't punt the ball. Jalen Hurts was in the red zone multiple times. If they can clean up those areas, that red zone area specifically, this team is a 30 to 35 point offense any day of the week. And it starts with Jalen Hurts. The Philadelphia Eagles put out uh, a nice little, they always do these nice little bird's eye view cut-ups right before a game, and it goes through a bunch of statistics and a bunch of things to keep an eye out for. So like this week, Zach Ertz, it's only 15 receptions away from tying Harold Carmichael, 16 away from breaking the all-time record in Philadelphia Eagles history. So keep an eye out for that here in the next coming weeks. But what this bird's eye view is showing, and I have it here on my screen to the right, and I will keep pointing to it here for the people on YouTube if you're wondering why I keep glancing off. There's just so much good to take away from this. And I really wanted to pinpoint these points because it is something that I saw when I was looking through his, his numbers. And his numbers don't always say everything, but they say a lot. As long as it looks the same on tape, which it really has looked a lot of the same. I mean, the accuracy is getting better. His ability to keep his eyes downfield is progressively getting better. Still an area where he needs to clean up. But the production speaks for itself. In his first eight starts, Jalen Hurts is third all-time. One to Cam Newton, two to Patrick Mahomes, three to Jalen Hurts in most offensive yards in NFL history in their first eight starts. Absolutely unbelievable. You know what a threat he is as a runner, and now he's putting together close to 400-yard games in an offense which really does suit his skill set as long as they stick with that KC and Atlanta game plan and throw weeks two and three out the window, those quick strikes, ability to get the yards after catch, and you could continue to clean up those little areas like the red zone, he's only going to continue to improve. Currently, the Eagles are the ninth highest passing offense with 719 pass yards in the league. They rank ninth in the NFL in total offense, averaging 397.5 yards a game. And they had a career high, or season high rather, 31st downs last week with 17 plays of 20 plus yards in their first four games. 
I just want to let that sink in for a second because what we saw last year and the year before that and this idea that we have to chase the Torrey Smith role, the Deshaun Jackson role, we never really filled it. And now they're filling it with playmakers, not bringing back old veterans like D-Jax, Mike Wallace. They're letting their young guys develop at the hands of their quarterback, what he does well. What Jalen Hurts does well also fits with what the playmakers on offense do well. And now he's starting to get those tight ends more involved in the middle of the field. He's starting to get those guys just the ball in space on checkdowns. You see Miles Sanders is one of the better players in the league with the yards after the catch. And that's because he's allowing his players, and that's Jalen Hurts, to go out there and be themselves and be the best playmakers possible. And it all stems from his ability to learn that. The hard knock on Carson Wentz for a few years when we were evaluating him was like, this guy won't take the check down, right? Like that was a big talking point in probably 2018 when he came back from that back injury. Didn't really do it for the last couple years. And now we have Jalen Hurts here who can throw it down the field, and we've seen that. Only a few inches away from a a long Jalen Rager and a long Devontae Smith touchdown as well. But he is highlighting who he is in terms of his intelligence by understanding where these zones lie in these small areas. He did a great job last week against the Blitz for Kansas City, addressing where the Blitz is coming from, knowing where the open man is going to be, and hitting that guy. Now, is everything all rainbows and candy canes and roses? No, it's not 100% perfect, but that's all you can ask is progression. And if you're grading him like a rookie quarterback, that's the same thing you would grade a rookie quarterback. Can they progress throughout the year, not let the bad outweigh the good, and realize what the bad is and build from that? And I think we have seen that from Jalen Hurts here in these first four weeks. Can we see it in week five? I totally believe that we can. And when we finish up the show, we will continue to talk about Jalen Hurts, what he needs to do this week to really I would say carry this team to a victory if the defense does what they do. But stick around, and we'll be talking more Jalen Hurts here on this Friday edition of the podcast. But before we do that, my stomach is rumbling. Me and my fiance, we took a drive up to the mountains. I didn't really eat today, but as soon as I got home, you know what I grabbed? It was one of the delicious Built Bars, one of their nine delicious flavors. They always have unbelievable special edition flavors. We told you about those chocolate cookie dough chunk ones. Those were amazing. I hope you got your hands on one. I believe that they're going to come back with the churro. I didn't say it. They might be coming back with it sooner rather than later. But if you're new to it, you haven't tried a Built Bar, but you like these type of delicious, low-sugar, low-carb, low-calorie, high-in-protein types of bars that are healthy and delicious and taste like candy, get the mix box where you get two of each of them, and you get nine flavors. So you get 18 bars, two of each, and you get to find out which one is your favorite like for me, my favorite is that mint brownie and that chocolate dough cookie co- cookie dough chunk, man. That was unbelievable. So go to Built Bar today and use the promo code LOCKED15 or Locked On. Either one of them should work. Locked15 or Locked On. You'll receive 15% off of your order using that promo code. We'd like to thank our friends over at Built Bar. And I would like to thank them for always sending me a free trial every now and then because those things are delicious. All right, everybody, welcome on back here to finish up this Friday edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. 
as always, Gino Camilleri here to finish up the show with you. Lou will be back next week. He is at the game. He's going to the game in Charlotte. Lucky Lou, he will be down there week five against Carolina as the Eagles take on the Carolina Panthers, who is Lou's second favorite team. We all know that. But I will be able to get to see the Denver Broncos here in a few weeks, which happens to be my second favorite team. More because my dad is a Raiders fan, and I don't like to see the Raiders win. Much rather see the Broncos win. Love Teddy Bridgewater. Can't wait for that matchup as well. But we have a lot of football to play, and we have a lot of football for our quarterback one to continue to perform and continue to show who he is. The leadership is there. The production is there. I would just say the killer instinct is that last last hurdle to overcome. We've seen it in flashes, like going down in halftime last week when he hits Devontae Smith two times on the sideline. They're able to get down the field, pick up points. In the red zone, though, that's what I'm talking about. The red zone is red. You should be seeing red. There's only one objective in that area. It's to beat that defense and get in the end zone. Does it fall all on Jalen Hurts? I don't believe so. Were there situations in the last couple games where they were in goal line situations where they could have done a quarterback sneak, which was successful in other areas in the game plan between the 20s the last couple weeks? Yes, for sure. Were there too many plays to the boundary at time rather than the field? Yeah, absolutely. But that's the give and take. That's the give and take between Nick Sirianni, Shane Steichen, Jalen Hurts. They're all really still learning who each other are at this current point. They're getting better at it. I think last week was a great evolution of this offense to see really where it can go and to see the IQ not only of your quarterback, but the emotional intelligence and the emotional understanding and Seeing who Jalen Hurts is, and that's Nick Sirianni being this emotional guru where he really gets the vibe of the team and understands what it takes to win and putting your players in the right position to succeed. He did that very, very well last week. And once they're on the field, it comes down to execution. Can they continue to execute? Can they continue to cut down on the penalties? Because this offense isn't too far away. The guy, Quez Watkins, said that today. He's like, we're not too far away. These guys continue to say it. We're not too far away. You can abandon ship when things go awry. You're one and three. Oh, the world is falling. No. If you look at the tape, you look at what happened in those games, you can really contextualize that this offense has gotten better week after week. And I really believe that. Week one in Atlanta, they really showed what they could do, had to clean up mistakes. Week two and three, I think they got away from who they were. But then they found themselves again in week four. So continue to find what you're strong at and continue to do that. You have playmakers everywhere. Jalen Hurts is a playmaker in himself. Continue to make teams play 11-on-11 football. He's killing it right now on the ground. Second in the league in rushing in terms of quarterback play behind Lamar Jackson is Jalen Hurts. It's your quarterback one. Is a guy that right now I have full trust in leading this offense. I had question marks in the first three weeks. They're really starting to go away because I'm trusting him to grow. Where, let's say Sam Bradford, for example. Always was a guy who would throw short of the sticks, right? You'd hope in an evolution over a career, he would learn that we have to pick up that extra yard or two. He never really did that, even when he was in Philly towards the end of his career. Jalen Hurts in such a small sample size. And even going back from when he was at Alabama year over year over year, then going to Oklahoma, then coming to the NFL. He has had to evolve playmakers. He's had to go through 
tons of different styles of offense, guys that are making the calls on the field. Now we're allowing this guy to have a guy in place that is building an offense around him, a front office that wants to build an offense around him, where they could take those three first-round picks next year and add weapons to this team and not worry about the quarterback because we are hoping that your quarterback, one, can sustain the level of play he is at, clean up a lot, a few of those weak areas, which we have seen be his strength in evolving as a player. And I really believe that we haven't seen the final evolution of Jalen Hurts. I think he's going to get better as the season goes on. Fingers crossed that he does, but we have seen good signs of it here in the first four weeks of this Eagles season. So that'll do it here on this edition of the Lockdown Eagles podcast, our fifth and final episode of the week. So thank you, as always, for joining us here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast, where it is your first listen of every day. And if you want to continue to listen to some Locked On Podcast Network podcasts, make the Peacock and Williamson show your second listen of the day. Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson give all the NFL analysis and their expert opinions in 30 minutes or less, and it's free on all platforms just like us. You can go out there, subscribe, rate, make sure you review, because that's how we get better here at the Lockdown Podcast Network. It's how we get more subscribers and viewers here at the Lockdown Eagles Podcast. So for everybody that has listened to a minute, an hour, a month-long worth of shows, a year-long, two, three years, we thank you from the bottom of our heart. I want to make that known that you guys are what makes this thing go. We just come here and talk into oblivion. It's the individuals on the other side of the mic, the people that listen that really make this show grow. So I thank everybody. Continue to follow us on Twitter at LockdownBirds. My co-host, you can find him at DBASILOE. Find myself here if you're watching on YouTube. It is in the clip at GC24 underscore football. You always find me talking football, college football on Saturdays, Fridays, Thursdays. Sundays we're talking NFL. Football is a year-round thing here. It's a year-round thing on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. And we thank you for subscribing, viewing, listening, and interacting with us here on all of our socials and on the Lockdown Podcast Network. We appreciate you listening in. Have a great weekend. I'm Gino Camilleri signing off. Fly, Eagles, fly.